I'm Megan. I'm Colin. And this is Pet Sitter Sitter Confessional. Confessional. An open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, welcome to episode 217. Hello. We appreciate you listening every week. And if you feel we've earned it, we would love a positive review on Apple iTunes if you listen there. We want to thank our sponsors this week, Palmetto Scoopers, and our Patreon supporters like Alicia and Sherry. Thank you so much for your continued support. And if you'd like to learn more about becoming a Patreon, you can go to PetCiterConfessional.com forward slash support. We received several comments and feedback about last week's episode on the book Profit First. It seems like everyone else thinks it's, quote, not for them, just like us, and that it only makes sense as you grow and expand. Which means that if you are planning on growing and expanding, it's a good idea to start implementing that system now so you don't have to play catch up later and try and redo all of the books. And if you have any more feedback on episode 215, let us know. So today we're talking about the power of words. But before that, Colin has a very interesting story with (laughs) a brush with the law that he would like to relay. (laughs) Oh, putting me on the spot here. Um, I guess this is a lesson in always be closing. Um, I got pulled over for making an improper right turn and moving into the left lane without using my blinker. And... When the cop asked me where I was headed, I said, oh, I'm going to go do a walk. And he was like, what? And I said, my wife and I own Funky Bunch Pet Care. We're a dog walking and pet sitting company in the area. We provide drops, walks, <laughs> house sitting and pet care for all your animal needs. <laughs> well, I think he was also confused because this was nine o'clock at night. Yeah, he was very confused about why I was going in to do that. And I had explained, yeah, uh, it's a service that we provide for not every client, but just that this this client really requested it and it, it was fine with our schedule. Um, and And then he told me about an awful experience that he had with and he boarded uh their dog uh that they took it to a kennel and it came back home missing its ear and he thinks it's be- it's because it was put into a-, a shared kennel space when he had requested it to be private uh and so i um not that i almost gave him a business card but i <laughs> did uh, sympathize with him and say well that's why we provide the services that we do and um hope that he had better better care in the future <laughs> And you got off with a warning, not a ticket. I did. <laughs> so, uh, so life lesson, um, pitch your services to everybody who you talk to, and you never know what could happen. <laughs> so that goes right into the words that we use mean something and have an effect on people. And when we say the power of words, we mean... You know, this industry is a lot about the pets and caring for the pets, but it's also predominantly communicating with clients and making sure that they are happy and using language that is positive for your company and using language that uplifts your company and presents it in the best possible light. So there's a lot of different ways that we communicate in our business. We communicate through our updates, through our social media. We also communicate through newsletters if we send them, and we communicate also through our website and even directly to our clients, meaning that when they go and talk to others, they are like a byproduct of what we are saying to them. And while we can't obviously control what they say, if they are hearing consistent messaging from us, it's going to be much easier for them to communicate to others about our business and be getting the messages across that we want them to. And then to piggyback off of that, there are really three big categories for the power of words. Obviously, the client, 
your business, and then there's the self as well and putting our mental health first. When we talk with our clients, there is sometimes a tendency to say, I'm sorry. But unless it's legitimately your fault, unless you were truly late for an appointment or at, you know, at a set time or you accidentally left a door unlocked, unless it's specifically your fault, you should not be starting off the text with, I'm sorry, blah, 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 or saying, I'm sorry at all, unless you are apologizing for something that you did. If you didn't do it or something wasn't your fault, you are then taking responsibility when you shouldn't. And I think that impulse comes from a need to really make sure that everything is okay, to kind of please the client and make sure our clients are happy. And obviously we want that. But saying I'm sorry using that kind of language really puts you on the back foot and makes the client think that you as the pet sitter did something wrong. Well, unfortunately, I think legally it can also be put into some situations where it may backfire on you, where it may come across where you have admitted fault in a scenario. And so your insurance might not cover you in those instances or other legal concerns. So there is more than just the how it comes across to your client. Basically, when we say, I'm sorry, and we didn't do anything wrong, we are placing ourselves subservient to that person as a way to appease them and make sure that they don't get angry at us. It's where a lot of that comes from. And unfortunately, what that does is it means that we start training that client really bad behaviors that it's harder and harder to get out of the longer we keep them on. And for example, if you have set office hours and a client texts you at 10 p.m., which is outside of your office hours, you text them the next morning and say, sorry for the delay. Instead of saying that, you can say, thank you for your patience. My office hours are blank and therefore I don't respond outside of those hours. Because if you continually say, I'm sorry for this, and it's not really your fault. You know, the more you apologize, the less powerful that your apology becomes. So use the word sorry sparingly and really only when it applies to an instance that it is actually your fault. Another common phrase that we see and have actually used in the past is something like, what works best for you? Usually this is in terms when trying to schedule a meet and greet or a service. The problem here is that the majority of times, Whatever works best for them actually doesn't work best for you, and we're left trying to change our schedule. So we're putting the power and decision-making into somebody else's hands around our time, our schedule, and our business, which is what we never want to do. We need to be the ones that are setting the expectations and scheduling these things. So instead of saying, what works best for you, say, can you do Tuesday at 1 or Tuesday at 5? Giving them options that actually work for you is going to help them decide. And again, it puts this power, puts this authority back on you and your business as the decision maker and as the one who's actually going to allow this to move forward. This is actually something that we use for our kids as well. A lot of parenting books will say, give your kid two options, and obviously that you've both approved of. So you would say, for snack time, do you want the apple or the pear? You know they're both healthy and they're both good choices, but it still gives the kid the option from the ones that you gave. So it's your business. You run it the way you want to. You have set hours and hours you're able to meet. This next one is something that I actually use probably way too frequently. Let's say that the client forgot to mention that they needed you to pick up a package at their house and you do it. And in and they say, thank you so much for bringing in the package. What I will usually respond with is something like, no problem, or no worries. What this does is 
it diminishes the effort that you did. It takes away your decision-making. It takes away the initiative that you had in that moment to bring it in to do something unprompted for your client. So instead of saying, no worries, respond with, always happy to help. This shows the intent. This shows the professionalism. This shows the kind of service that you're going to provide, that you are there to help them and that you are always going to be doing that while you're serving them. A pet peeve of mine is the word just. And whenever I type it out, I immediately delete it because it is not something that we should be using with our clients. The word just really diminishes the context that follows this word. It's really a protector word. And what that means is a word that softens what you are trying to say. When you say, quote, I'm just following up on my text, you are downplaying the importance of your text and why you are sending it in the first place. You are softening your request for a response. Or you can say, instead of just checking in or just wanted to or just checking, you can say, when can I expect an update on X? It's important to rephrase these things so our business doesn't look soft. We don't appear that we can be pushed around and our client knows where we stand. We are firm in our responses, in what we tell the client, and there's no wishy-washiness about it. Or you can say, instead of just checking in or just wanted to or just checking, you can say, when can I expect an update on X? Another common phrase is, does that make sense? And a lot of times this is used in when trying to explain our pricing or our services or really our policies. You can explain something and then say, does that make sense? Instead of saying that, you say, let me know if you have any questions. Well, and what this does is it doesn't insult the intelligence of the person that you're communicating with. Saying, does that make sense? implies that you think the person might not have understood it. Instead, when we say, let me know if you have any questions, it's open-ended. There are no assumptions or preconceived notions or biases on our plate or coming from us when we say that. And then that way, it still opens the door for them to ask follow-up questions without them feeling like we are demeaning them or talking down to them. Someone that always makes sense is today's sponsor, Palmetto Scoopers. 2020 showed us the importance of having a diversified business. As we take on new clients, there are many opportunities to add services and value packages to them. Courtney, owner of Palmetto Scoopers, wants to help you be number one with your clients number two. Courtney is passionate about helping others excel with a poop scooping service. What tools and training do you need? What do you do with all of that poop? There's a link in our show notes for you to check out to learn more about getting started in pet waste removal and let Courtney get you started on the right foot today. Now let's talk about the business side of words. So we need to be using consistent messaging across all platforms. This means your newsletter, your updates, your social media. And for your social media, this doesn't mean post literally the same thing on every social media platform. I mean, we are guilty of this, but it isn't necessarily the best approach. And we talked more about this in our social media episode 188. And when we're talking about consistent messaging, when you say you love something, it means the next time you talk about that topic or that item... You should talk about loving it 
in that same way. This way, there's no confusion in what you're talking about or messaging when it comes to pickup or drop-off times or messaging when it comes to your policies. Using the same kind of language or verbiage repeatedly will only enhance and really drive home the point that you're trying to make so that there's no confusion with your clients. And one way to avoid confusion with your clients is to have well-spelled and well-structured sentences and wording. So always reread what you write because autocorrect can be a pain, and I'm speaking from a lot of experience here. <laughs> I'm sorry, Megan. Uh, <laughs> well, especially with those updates at the end of the 30-minute visit or whatever, when you're trying to kind of rush out the door or sit in your car and, and trying to formulate a quick response with pictures, and it can be really simple to, and easy to forget a word or misspell a word. Yes, but, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but it is really important to reread it before you send it. And that includes, as part of being professional, is using punctuation. So what we're trying to do here is make our high school English teacher proud of us. And when we're sending these updates or these social media posts, we're using words that are going to make our clients feel good. They're going to connect with us in certain situations. And that's pretty easy because everybody loves cute puppies and cute kitties. So (laughs) it's really easy to be uplifting and use words that make others feel good. Right. Or if there's certain vernacular or things that you know that your clients use or are used to seeing, use that in your posts. And obviously, there are ways that can do this where it can come across as fake or phony. So we really need to avoid that and still be authentic to ourselves. But if you want to say y'all, go ahead and say y'all because that's who you are and that's going to connect with the clients that you want. Yeah. And if your ideal client is a middle-aged mom with kids and you are a middle-aged mom with kids, use language in your social media posts and your email newsletters and your website that empathizes with that, with her. Always using positive language though. We are around awesome pets all day. We should always be positive in our language when speaking to clients and potential clients. We shouldn't be putting others down. And this includes the neighbor kid down the street who is doing a dog walk for $5. You know, we need to be all uplifting each other, especially in this pet care space. And anytime that we are writing ads, whether that's for our services or whether that's hiring, find words and language that's going to instill trust positivity that's going to get across the honesty of your business and even joy that you have in the work that you do. This is what we're talking about here is really using words and messaging in our business. This is part of our brand. The words and vernacular that we use are going to connect with our ideal clients. It's going to set the tone for the interactions that our business has with other people as they come to know and understand who we are. So the language that we use really is what goes out before us. That is part of our brand, how people perceive the business. And that's really going to help us when we get that right. As any life coach will tell you, the words that you use mean something. They are powerful. There is a mental health side effect to the words that you use. They can build up or tear down. They can be positive or negative. Importantly, though, they set the tone for how you perceive yourself. I've seen a lot of studies about the importance of words and the importance of self-value. And I think a few of the ones that have been really interesting to me have been when they have asked 
either endurance athletes or students as part of this study to run incredible distances, these long, long exertions of energy and time and effort. And they asked one group to repeat positive affirmations about themselves and their ability, and another one was exposed to derogatory statements. And usually the ones that had positive affirmations did better, or at least persisted longer. Well, why is that? Well, when they are surrounding themselves with uplifting thoughts about their abilities, about their motivations, they were able to push through that pain and the struggle. The words that we say about ourselves are like mirrors for what's going on inside our hearts and inside our minds. So if we perceive ourselves to be a loser, to be no good, something that we'll never get or that I can't compete with others. Saying things like that will only set you up to see the failures in your life so that when you do fail, because let's be honest, we all do in some form or fashion, but when we do fail, it's just another notch of evidence for us to believe that what we think about ourselves is true. Instead, when we say things like, I can do this, I'm not perfect, but I'm trying, then I'm just as good as everybody else or better. And you can even say something that our kids learn in school (laughs) is, I can if I just try. Right. This brings focus onto what you can do. Megan, you mentioned several times about the importance of having a positive spin on our language that we use. By focusing on something that you can do versus focusing on what you can't do, this opens up the possibilities that you are going to be taking. This helps keep you motivated to keep going. And There isn't anything really magical about speaking certain words. It's not like they are spells or incantations, but it does change chemicals in your brains. And it is an intentional act that you are doing to be different in the tone and perception of yourself that you actually have control over, that you can speak words around yourself to influence how you perceive yourself, which will then influence how you interact with the world and run your business and everything else that we've been talking about today. In the end, the words that we say and the words that we type to clients and updates and newsletters and everything, they matter. And really, more importantly, the words and that you say and type to and about yourself matter even more because ultimately that is what's going to set the tone in how you interact with others. We're always going to be professional. We're always going to be treating people with the utmost respect and using language that is not going to offend them. And we need to be doing that even much more so to ourselves. So when we were responding to a client who's unhappy about services or something went wrong, using appropriate language to address that. When we fail in ways in our business or personal life, using appropriate language to address ourselves as well. Words are very important. They do have power. They influence people. They tear up. They tear down. And we have agency over which one of those we're going to choose to do when interacting with our business and with ourselves too. What are some words or phrases that you have used that you've pressed delete on and instead you wrote something else? We would love to hear that. You can send those to feedback at petsitterconfessional.com or hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at petsitterconfessional. Pet business coach Natasha O'Banion is going to answer the question, how do I overcome fear of staff stealing clients? 
Absolutely. So number one, I would say that's just a scarcity mindset. We all know there's there's tons of cats and dogs around here for everybody. I don't really do non-competes. I do non-solicit. Obviously, they can't solicit our current clients. But if I'm teaching you a skill and you're with me and you've learned something, I would never expect you not to go work for another software company, right? It's like we got we to gotta think about people. If you're working for this software company, you're training them and you've learned this new skill, who am I to say that you can't now take that skill somewhere else? You're bettering yourself. You're bettering your family. So number one, I would never do that. I would never stand in the way of someone's growth because that doesn't make sense. But that comes from scarcity. Like, oh my God, they're going to take my clients. They're going to do the exact process I do. Do you know how many pet sitters follow me from me just being on this podcast? Do you know how many websites look just like my website? Do you know how many services look just like my services now that I'm out here? Do you know how many programs look just like my programs? Tons, tons. I look at people's lingo now and I said, oh, that sounds a little bit like my lingo because I speak differently and I already know that. But who am I to say, oh God, now I'm on this podcast. People are going to be seeing what I'm doing. They're going to be taking. Of course they are. Of course they are. But guess what? There's more where that came from. So we want to remove that scarcity mindset. Now for your company in particular, I don't um, have my clients talking to my staff. They all work through our app. They get their um, post-walk reports well. So there's no need for communication. Number one, I do that because the buck always stops with the business. And if my walkers are handling communication from 15 clients a day, there's definitely going to be a ball drop somewhere. It's just not realistic. So we let our staff know that we all wear single hats. We have a back of the house team that can help out, update notes. And we make sure our clients know, hey, don't leave notes on the table. Don't leave notes on the refrigerator because we want full transparency. No matter who comes in your house, we want them to see that what's going on present day. So no need for our staff to actually even build that relationship with our client to even steal. Half the time, my clients would call me and say, hey, Natasha, they kind of pitched me something. My clients would actually call me and probably tell me. They've, they've done it before. <laughs> so we don't have our walkers and our sitters talking to our staff. They come in, they do the job, they follow the app, they do the report, and they go home. There's not even that relationship. That happens a lot with contractors. When you're con- using contractors versus employees, there isn't a lot you control. There isn't a lot that you cannot say. You do have to have the contractors talking to the clients. And when the contractor is building a relationship with your client, yeah, it's a, it's a chance it could go ahead and take the client. But guess what, guys? I don't want that client. That's not a client that I want to service anyway. If you're so quick to jump ship, hey, when they leave you hanging, don't come back, my love. Bye-bye. <laughs> so listen, there's more where that came from. No need for us to you know, hold on to clients like we owe them something. Clients are literally using you for a service. When they no longer need that service, they're going to stop using you. When my kid graduates from the first grade, she's going to the second grade. I'm no longer going to be in contact with her first grade teacher. Much as I love her all year long, she's been amazing. She's been calling me, emailing me. I send her apples. I send her teacher appreciation. But guess what? When my kid goes to the second grade, we're done with her. That is services, guys.
If you would like to work one-on-one with Natasha and have her coach you through your business, you can work with her at startscalesale.com and use the code PSC20 for 15% off. We appreciate you tuning in this week and every week. If you have any topic suggestions or specific people that you would like us to interview, including yourself, Yeah, please let us know. We want to just unite the pet care community so we can lift everybody up and raise the standard. We also want to thank our sponsors, Palmetto Scoopers and our wonderful Patreon members. We hope you join us next time. Thank you. Bye.